I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. Okay, so last week I said that I was, what, five books into to Bridgerton? Four books? Um, I have one left now. I keep doing this thing where I'll start a new book at like 7 p.m. and then stay up till 1 or 2 a.m. finishing it because apparently I can't put it down. I'm just so invested in these characters and these people now. Um, like a little too much, probably, you know, my best friend texted me this morning saying she's worried what's going to happen when I finish the last one. <laughs> and I got to say I am too a little bit, which will probably be tonight. Um, because I can't help myself. Apparently, I haven't read a book series this quickly since I think the Sookie Stackhouse series. I devoured those so quickly. I think True Blood had already been out and it was maybe the first season when I realized that Charlene Harris had written like probably 10 or 11 books already at that point. So I had bought like the the box set that had I think the first seven or eight 
and devoured them so quickly. And then slowly the hard covers of the other books started coming out, which is always so rough to wait for the next book. But yeah, I haven't read a book series like this this quickly in um a minute. I did finally read Harry Potter a few years ago after a few of my friends um made me. <laughs> I finally watched all of the movies and then uh my friend found out that I had watched all the movies and he bought me the box set of the books, which I, I read those pretty quickly too, but I had been working a whole lot, so it was slower. Now I can just sit and read all night because where do I have to be in the morning? Nowhere. <laughs> Anyway, that is my um, my book monologue. When I talk to you next, I will probably be um, very sad because Bridgerton will be over and I won't know what to do with my life. Today on the show, we have Thomas Nicholas. You know him best as Kevin from the American Pie films, Rookie of the Year, Walt Before Mickey, Zeroville. He has a brand new film called Adverse, which he stars in and he also produced. I can't wait to see this film and it was a joy to talk to Thomas. So here is my conversation with Thomas Nicholas. Welcome to the show, Thomas. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. How are you doing on this fine LA day? Uh, I'm good. You know, it's it's a holiday and it's lockdown, so I'm at home again. <laughs> but it's a holiday, so I'm, I've got that going for me. Do you have uh, special plans for today? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, listen, it's it's President's Day and we're celebrating our new president. So that's uh, that's all we need, right? Yeah, I mean, I I like this President's Day much more than I have for the last four. So there you go. <laughs> Gee, what do you mean? I don't know. It's so weird, right? <laughs> I don't know. So I I'm going into the uh like uh like I just want to erase my memory. Is that yeah. okay? Can I just erase my memory? We'll just pretend like it, like erase erase. It didn't happen. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm here for that. I think we should all just eternal sunshine it and um get rid of those memories. Because I'm pretty awful. sure I'm pretty sure that's what Biden spent his entire first day doing was just yeah. erasing <laughs> yeah. all those memories. It's like I got to get this out of here. I got to do this really quick. <laughs> He was pretty much like me at a Comic-Con, just signing <laughs> all day. Oh, man. Do you go to Comic-Con a lot? I've never been. Uh, I used to. <laughs> uh, now I don't. Now yeah. I don't do anything except go to the grocery store. Uh, although, I, I, you know, here, here's the dichotomy of that, right? So uh, since March of 2020, I've seen only the grocery store once a week and, you know, maybe a handful of times to like the post office or to the, you know the Rite Aid. Uh, but then, of course, my son uh, books an M. Night movie. So we're like, and we're playing it safe. But then we're going to travel in September, October, November to the Dominican so he wow. can shoot this movie. Uh, but of course, while we were there, we were safe and in a bubble and, you know, doing three COVID tests a week. Right. So the, really, the only dangerous part was, you know, traveling to and from in our complete hazmat suits no we didn't. I, we, we just <laughs> See, had that a, would be me i'm scared of like the traveling part of it well yeah that's that is scary you know the thing is though it's good to be scared because when you're scared then you're operating like you know as safe as possible right so like you know i didn't have like uh six shooter holsters with um <laughs> with antibacterial <laughs> spray when Spraying i go to the grocery store everything. but i did when i traveled so you yeah. know like <laughs> That's the thing when you're when you're scared you you know you 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 holster up and uh and spray everything with antibacterial. It's true. So that's so cool. So you went where where did you say again? Dominican? 
Yeah, to the Dominican Republic, yeah. With your son. And so he's acting now. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big sports guy, though I did play a a sports person once in a a movie when I was a kid. (laughs) Um, But uh, they played, they premiered the trailer for Old. Uh, It was the first commercial break, I believe, that Universal got for, for during the Super Bowl. Oh, how cool. So 100 million people saw my kid during the Super Bowl. That's amazing. So he's following in his papa's footsteps. For the moment, yeah. We'll see how that how that, you know, plays out because it's his choice. I was uh, gonna say, is it something that you got him into or did he just wake up one day and want to do it? You know, honestly, it wasn't my intention to say like, son, let me teach you the family business. You know. <laughs> uh you know, like it wasn't it it wasn't like uh like that per se. It was in the sense of I think that there's a great benefit to understanding and learning the tech, like, like you're an instrument, you know, like kind of like, like he plays the piano. I thought learning to play the piano or learning to play an instrument would be a great asset uh, for him. Mm. Um, I wish I could play the piano. I play guitar. Uh, And so in, in regard to that, I thought that, you know, the instrument of like acting is, is a great thing to apply to your life. So even if he's not, pursuing that as a career like I am um it just would be a great way to to navigate at school at work anywhere so we started out with him learning those techniques just so he could understand his own instrument and which is him Mm -hmm. um and so then it started out with just doing some voiceover auditions and that was that was it it was just putting himself on tape here learn these lines oh let's let's designate how you should sound and then that way it could work into, hey, when you ask for, you know, some more food at the dinner table, let's ask this way. So it was just kind of like the adjustment of, can you say this line this way? Can you ask for something at home this way? Um, wow, that's, learn, learn that's the so interesting to me. I've never heard someone talk in that manner of, of teaching your kid how to act because I grew up as a child actor as well. And I never would have thought that way. But it makes total sense because you're really teaching yourself how to be a good human while you're acting. Right. You're you're working on your own like sort of what we call the instant breakfast character, which is you mm. and, and the, you know, organic, natural you uh, and wow. how to present you. So and then outside of that, then once you understand that, then you can start developing characters outside of yourself. But again, it was all just that sort of idea. And there was a couple of times where he got. And every time they came down, it was like, hey, do you want to do this? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Oh, you don't want to do it today because you want to like, you know, do some stuff with your friend. Cool. We won't do this one. We'll pass. So it was never like, uh, you know, you come and do this audition right, right now. Go stand in the corner and say these lines. <laughs> right. But it was it was all just like about experience. And that's that's the whole thing is I, I think, you know, my my wife and I want to provide uh, experiences for them so that they have more to choose from. Yeah. So, I mean, why not? You know, they're just, it's just more of a, a, again, of, of more experiences means that you have more experience so that you can choose what you enjoy. I love that. Saying you don't know, but you understand you're saying that, you know, you, you have the same experience. You were a child actor also. Uh, yeah, I was a child actor. And I mean, I always wanted to do it. It was never one of those things where it was like my parents were forcing me. I forced them. <laughs> I forced right. them to move to Los Angeles so that I could be an actor. Wow, you but relocated your family for it. That's I did. amazing. From I where? did. 
uh, Portland, Oregon. <laughs> oh, amazing. I love Portland. It's great up there. I love it. There's there's so many people there now, though. It's like it became like a hotspot. I remember when I was a kid, it was like not cool to be from Portland. Like I know that it was like more. I don't know what you want to call it. It was just not as a. Uh, it it wasn't port. Know, it was Portlandia, but no one knew it was Portlandia. Right? Yeah, and it you know I just feel like that's just like the hipster hotspot for the twenty tens, twenty twenties as well. It's just it's turned into something very bizarre up there. My fondest memory of Portland uh, is really the first time that I I hung out there was in two thousand fourteen, and I wrote an album with nice. uh, Caleb Turman and Rico Garcia in five days. Oh my gosh. Um Rico didn't live there. Caleb did, and now he doesn't. Uh mm-hmm. and I, I just I went there and hung out. We we wrote an entire album in five days. For Dang. My, my 2015 release, uh The Security. It's a uh, titled Security is the name of the album. That's so cool. Did you guys lock yourselves up in a house? Were you in a, a studio? Would you, I just went and stayed at uh Caleb's with Rico. We both went and crashed there and just uh yeah, just wrote, wrote, wrote. Wow. I love that. I think those are like such special experiences when you get to be able to just like fully focus on creating and let it all out. That's that's my my jam is just the creation process. I love that in all facets. It's why I'm still doing it 34 years later. Yeah. Well, what got you started in acting? Because you started when you were, what, 10, 12? Uh, six. <laughs> Whoa, six? Yeah. Dang. Uh, um, well, so my first sort of moment or like introduction to the idea was, um, my mom was working, we, we moved to LA. My mom had pursued an acting career when she was 19. Uh, and then, so she wanted to, again, uh, mm. to pursue it. And so we moved to LA from Northern California. So I was born in Vegas, lived in Northern California, moved okay. to LA. Um, and she started cast, uh, working at a casting office um doing background casting oh. for some like you know we'll call them indie films back then they were just like you know b movies right right <laughs> but, straight to video b movies but these were like now they were, she was cool she was she was hipster before it was cool before it was even coined before um, we had the word for it exactly so she was doing these like these independent you know low budget films and so she would uh, she'd put herself as like the featured, uh, you know, background performer whenever possible. So there's like, <laughs> th- like in this one film, I believe, uh, that I'm in, she's like, you know, the, the main focal reporter, the main focal nurse, she's like all over <laughs> the dang thing, uh, which is awesome. And so there was a call she got like on a Sunday night and it was like 10 PM and they're like, okay, we need an altar boy, 6am call tomorrow. And so she woke me up before school and she's like, you're coming to work with me today. And so, <laughs> uh, so, you know, I was sort of, uh, I, I guess more or less forced into the first thing, but I loved it. Yeah. You know, I, I was, uh, I was beyond my years in, in maturity. So I, I, you know, handled myself well, but I loved, that was my first experience was being on set. And that's, I think the thing that I love the most is being on set. And there's something so, um, magnetic about being on set when you're a child, like seeing all of these adults work in these incredible jobs and seeing the set come to life and everything happening around you. It's just so eye-opening and just wondrous. Well, that's the thing is that it it changed 
my perspective on set versus maybe even what my or and what I tried to show my son when we were on set is all the moving parts. So mm-hmm. I still have this like distinct memory of hanging out with the sound mixer, um, you know, that day that I was working. And I remember him giving me headphones and he was like, all right, you try to say the alphabet backwards while listening to this recording of the alphabet going forward. Oh, dang. I couldn't do that. <laughs> no, I couldn't do it either. But I, I, that's why I remember it is like this distinct moment. But it was it was hanging out with all the different crew members. But yeah, there is something magnetic about it because you have all these people, let's say, you know, 25 or 50 people all focused on the same goal. And there's mm-hmm. an energy that exists in that moment because of that. And so that's what I'm drawn to. I get it. I mean, especially when you're so young and you're on set and that that feeling gets into your brain and you're like, oh, wow, things can be this cool. It's like you can't go back from that. You're stuck then. (laughs) (laughs) You're just totally stuck for the rest of your life. It's like a it's like a high almost. Oh, yeah. There it it, it definitely it's an it's an alternate reality for sure. Yeah. Um, And so it's the idea that because that was my first experience, I've always been focused on the work or just getting to set. Mm-hmm. So it, it it was never like the result. It was never, you know, wanting to see the movie. It was always just, I want to make that. I want to be in right. that creative space. You want to be there. Yeah. So you do this altar boy role and then what? Do you start going auditions and, and all the fun stuff that acting entails? Well, it wasn't that easy. Um, There was a lot of failure starting out. So it was the idea of, hey, mom, I want to do that again. So then Mm. there was one other job where I I got to go on set and and do something kind of small, not the same thing. But I, I, again, I was pining for, mom, I want to do this again. So she was like, okay, well, we need to get you an agent. So Mm -hmm. I took like lots of agency meetings and they were, some were cool some were terrible um i still remember (laughs) like true to this day (laughs) oh i i remember walking into one uh and i don't know if this was like the first round of looking for an agent or the second i remember i was chewing gum (laughs) and i remember that the agent in there was like appalled and like made me spit the gum out and like i got like you know lambasted for you know being a kid chewing gum i mean i get it like yeah I, i was like I was like, we're definitely not working with that guy. No, a kid can't chew gum. Chill out, man. Well, and and it's fine. You don't want him to chew gum. Maybe you think like the the chomping sounds annoying. You say, oh, hey, here's a trash can. Like, it'd be great if you did. like not like, you know, I don't know, berating them. Like from the first moment you meet them anyway. Um, oh, no. So so I remember I signed with an agent um, and their rule was. You can only do commercial auditions for one year before you can do theatrical and television auditions. Interesting. Now, now I wasn't much of the commercial look. I mean, back then, um, you know, in 1986, it was like every kid on a commercial had like blonde hair and blue eyes. Mm. That is not me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and then I remember there would be like these these phone calls um, where it would be like, uh, oh, here, the, the role calls for, you know, you're, you have to wear overalls. And my mom would be like, well, we don't own any overalls. They would say, like, go buy some. We're like, we can't just afford to buy a piece of clothing for an right. audition. Right. 
So, you know, we didn't abide by that. I mean, we tried our best, you know, to do that. And then I remember about six months into it, I, I got some adult teeth, so I, or I was getting my adult teeth. So I lost a, a, a few teeth <laughs> and they were like, oh, you need to spend uh, $3,000 getting what? some fake teeth uh, called flappers or flippers. I don't even remember. Flippers. I totally remember that. Right. So we're like, we can't afford that. And they're like, okay, well, then we'll drop you. Oh, my God. So that was my first six months. <laughs> okay, first off, that agent is horrible. Oh, the, the but the best what part the is after I got rookie of the year, I won't name their name. They yeah. they like I saw them at an event and they're like, hey, and we're like, no. <laughs> I had that happen once too. I had like gotten super far in an audition process and then I decided that I didn't want to be with an agent anymore, but they found out that I was seeing other agencies like meeting with them so they dropped me and then I got a test deal for that pilot so then they came back to my manager like just so you know if she books that then um we get it and my manager was like mm, no that's not how it works honey <laughs> isn't that just a great like the what do they say the uh the sweetest revenge is success it's true it is it is the sweetest revenge <laughs> right because you're not actually doing anything wrong to them no you're just you're succeeding being, there's no vengeance it's not like my character ethan in adverse there's no sort of you know um violence right <laughs> There's no tire irons. Not yet. <laughs> no. So you do rookie of the year then. How old were you when you booked that? That was like your first big role, right? Yeah, I was uh I was 12. Oh, so really quick, uh, a funny a funny little tidbit story that I don't get to tell too often. Um, yes. After I, you know, went through that moment of like uh, you know, getting dropped, I think that's when I might have done the next job. Because I remember not having those teeth in that job. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so I, I I went, I took a break, and then I still wanted to do it again. Went to get another uh, round of agent meetings. Mm -hmm. That might have been when the uh, gum thing happened. So <laughs> I, I went to this other agent, and um, and they were like, oh, you need to, I want to see what your acting ability is. So learn a monologue. So I remember I, I went, we went to the library. I picked up a monologue book. I learned and memorized for two weeks. I worked on the lemonade stand. Oh man. And so I had this thing like pegged, memorized, like the whole nine. Yeah. So we go to meet with the agent and she goes, oh my God, you're adorable. I'll sign you. <laughs> and, and I looked like, at excuse her. Excuse me, miss. <laughs> yeah. No, I said, can I still do my monologue? And so I did. I still did it <laughs> anyway, because I was like, I worked on this. You're going to see it. Good for I, I you. Didn't, I didn't say it like that. I, I was probably like just more excited than right. I was, you know. Well, it's um, kind of like when you get like, you know, four audition, four scenes for an audition. And then you go into the casting office and they're like, we're only going to be reading scenes one and three today. And you're like, but but I did so much work. <laughs> right. <laughs> Please let me show you my work. <laughs> totally. That's a totally that, that yeah that I I can't tell you how many times that's happened. You're just yeah. like crestfallen. Yeah, and then you sit there and you're like, "But I spent hours on this. Please, please." Yeah. Or or the the uh the other one of like, "Oh, you know, I just didn't quite Can I just can I just have one more one more take, like one more stab at that?" They're like, "I'm sorry, we just don't have time." Yeah. You're like, "But I I know I can do it better. I I I just didn't get there." They're like, Please, <laughs> just, so go. just <laughs> so go. Sad. Oh God. 
You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So you um, do uh, Rookie of the Year when you're 12, and then what happens after that? Do you... Oh, but you... There's, a, there's another failure in there, too, though. Oh, my God, there is? Yes, of course. There's failures all over the place. What? What is... Okay, Jillian, what's the difference between... Someone who succeeds and someone who fails. Uh, multiple failures? The person who has succeeded has failed more times than the person who failed tried. There you go. It's true. So, so there's lots of failures all the way. Oh, yeah. Um, so I auditioned for Rookie of the Year. No callback. Huh. And then I was switching agents. New agent says, hey, got an audition for Rookie of the Year. I said, uh... I already auditioned for that. And then she said, uh, well, they don't remember. They obviously don't remember you. So go again. <laughs> so if at first you don't succeed, try and try again. Oh, that's so funny. So, yes. Yeah, so I do rookie of the year. Um, and that was my first uh, quote unquote big break. And that was an experience unto itself, especially especially afterward when it uh it, it succeeded and i i did my best to shy away from from that mm. um cuz i again i liked the work not um not the not the recognition of that or the accolades of that or right. the result the popularity and all that yeah like i think that you know look uh being recognized or or getting recognition for that or you know quote unquote fame is the byproduct of that. Mm. Um, not, not what I'm uh, trying to achieve though. I have learned as an adult that that does help you get more work. So you right. have to kind of play both sides. It's a balance yeah. because you don't want to be followed by paparazzi. You don't want the, that sort of fame, but at the same time you do need to have your name out there so that you can continue to do the work. Oh yeah, I learned I learned that the hard way because, um, in fact, I'm talking to uh, about some future projects with my manager around that time. So I signed with a manager who, ironically, was in the original uh, Rookie of the Year. Oh, funny! That, so 
if you don't know, did you know that Rookie of the Year was a uh, a reboot? I didn't know that. No. So there's a movie called Rookie's Bump. Rookie's Bump, which is the Brooklyn Dodgers, uh, oh. and a kid gets a weird bump in his arm and ends up pitching for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Um, and so, uh, my my I signed with this manager after Rookie of the Year. He was one of the friends in the original in Rookie's Bump. And so, how I, funny is that? Just I know, so right? Coincidental. I love that. Which. I mean, to be honest, I didn't know there was a rookie's bump until right. I met him and he told me this <laughs> right. story. Uh, and so he, uh, I did a Kid in King Arthur's Court and he was like, all right, let's get you a publicist. And I was like, no, and he <laughs> could not talk me into it. I did not want to do any publicity. Mm. I just wanted to work. And I learned the hard way that if you don't publicize what you're doing, of course, I made that mistake one more time. Yeah, uh, I didn't hire a publicist during the first American Pie. Oh man! Um, but you know, everything kind of works out in the end because I think I didn't uh, that that role didn't become synonymous for me. It didn't. I didn't get right. you know only known for that, and I've been able to kind of traverse genres, which um, is lucky in itself. Because I feel like with I mean, I feel like American Pie is what you would consider a cult classic at this point. I mean. It's so well known. And to not be pigeonholed by that role is a major feat. Yeah, I think it and that is only happened by mistake <laughs> because I mistakenly twice didn't hire a publicist to advertise my work to get more work. <laughs> um, but I learned my lesson after that, after like I couldn't like buy a vowel after that movie. Right. Um, I was like and everyone else was like working a ton. I was like. That was a mistake. <laughs> oh, I get it now. <laughs> well, I mean, Can I remember showing up and like everyone had their publicist there and I was like, what's what's going on? Like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? I thought we were just like here, like Universal called. They said, come here. Like you guys all like hanging out with your team. And it seemed like, I don't know, weird to me. But, you know, I was young. I was 18. Um, that is young. Yeah. Especially for such a, a huge movie like that. I'm a little, I you know, I think maybe I'm still a little, but I think I was there was some naivete uh, mm. to like the hey we're all in this together, you know, and it's right. really like it it really is. I mean, not to say that there was like a competition thing with with that group of people. I'm just saying that in the in the idea of like I didn't think that because Universal had their publicity team, I didn't think you also needed to have your own. Right, 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 right. You know, like I thought we were like a baseball team, you know, like we got the coach and the manager. And we're all <laughs> together. We're on the same team. But even in baseball, they all have their own respective managers and agents. Yeah, because you got to get what you want to get after it. Exactly. So, so I've learned so you, to be selfish. I mean, yeah, you got to be a <laughs> you have to be a little bit selfish to be an actor. You got to know what you want and you got to be able to go after it. And to do that, you have to. You have to be a little tiny bit selfish. Yeah, I, I, and that's and it's really a fine. Again, it's it's all about that balance of of being able to be uh, Machiavellian enough to sleep at night, but selfish mm -hmm. enough to move forward. Mm -hmm. God, we should get that tattooed. What a great quote! That's a pretty. That's a pretty long tattoo. <laughs> it is a long tattoo. I'll just write it on my wall instead. Can we? Yeah. Can can you tattoo this on me in uh, size four font, please? <laughs> oh God! So you know you've done so many things throughout your career. You've been doing it for how many years now? 
34? 34. And you have a new movie called Adverse. I do. Which you also produced. I did. How exciting is that? When did you get into producing? I, wow, I produced my first film, produced, wrote, directed, and acted in my first film when I was in my early 20s. Oh, wow. Um, And then I did my second one uh, actually with Brian A. Metcalf. Um, I met him on my first one. We, he actually came and did a favor and did, uh, help me with the storyboards. Um, and then also did some visual effects, which mm. he has a, a history of doing for like the major studios and stuff. Um, and then we did a film together in the mid two thousands, um, that also, uh, was released by Lionsgate. And then Adverse is really our fourth feature film. Wow. Um, but it's it's the one that I think we're both the most proud of. Uh, and we have a new uh, producing partner, Kelly Arjun, who worked on um, Adverse with us. So now we're we're a three person team. I like that. I mean, there's always room for for more opinion, right? Yeah. You know, it's 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 all about, you know, finding that group of people that um, can have each other's backs. Mm-hmm. That is, um, you know, that is capable. I mean, and we all we all acted in the film so kelly plays uh mia and brian plays dante um and so they've you know both had their experience of you know studying probably even at more prestigious acting schools than myself so (laughs) i feel like i've got to go back to school so that's one of that was one of my plans and then of course the uh the lockdown happened and i didn't really have the opportunity to i don't want to do it on zoom yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, I was looking at like, I know the um, that like Rada is doing a bunch of online classes right now and stuff. And I was looking at things and I was like, but then I have to do it online. And that's going to be weird. Yeah, there's something about, you know, being in person um, that is it, it changes the game. So but that's my plan. I, I plan on because because Brian uh, definitely hipped me more to some Meisner techniques because mm, mm-hmm. he had studied more Meisner and I had studied more Stanislavski. And uh it was, it ended up, I ended up kind of actually for the first time reinventing my technique and doing a bit of a hybrid between the two. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to sound too bougie, but you know. (laughs) No, it's fun when you can really uh, explore that, especially, you know, after you've been doing it for so long and finding something new that works is always exciting. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, So, you know, my, my greatest Meisner prop in adverse was my tire iron. There you go. <laughs> um, and Adverse is out now, right? People can watch it? Yeah, it uh, it released to select theaters on Friday, uh, February 12th. And so it's just doing a, a short run. Um, but we we pined for, for that theatrical window Mm-mm. because we know how hard theaters have been struggling during the lockdown. Yeah. Um, and we actually, a big win uh, for us is we heard uh, someone posted on Twitter. Well, one of our uh, one of our executive producers went to see the film in Orlando. Oh wow! At a theater, and said that the staff uh, he, he you know that they said that they hadn't seen that much. Like uh, they saw a lot of customers come in. They were like, "We haven't seen a film be responded to this way in in a, in a while." So like it was oh, good just fun. to hear. Yeah, just good to hear that like. It, it did what we wanted it to do that right. we wanted to help bring business. I mean, I love going to movies in the movie theater. 
uh, we couldn't get any, you know, in, in LA, they only just opened back up. Yeah. Um, and so when we were booking theaters, they were all shut, but yeah, we wanted that window and then it'll be out on, um, you know, Apple TV and all the streaming services that Lionsgate uses on March 9th. March 9th. I'm so excited to watch it. Yeah. I don't think I can go see it in theaters in LA. Can I? No, you, you can't Darn. because that we would have gotten potentially a theater in, uh, in Riverside, which would have been mm -hmm. a bit of a drive, the galaxy in Riverside, but Again, they weren't open. Yeah, so everything's closed. We, I heard there was one, one, uh, one person who was, uh, who had, who was in like one of the background performers during the, uh, the Viper Room, uh, scenes where we actually call it the Velvet Room. Uh, he drove to Vegas so he could see no it in way. Vegas. That's the closest theater. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. I was actually, it was doing um a show and I was in a bubble last year and. Everybody, when we got out of the bubble, was like, let's go see a movie in Vegas. And I was like, I'm still scared, but have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still scared. Um, well, I'm very excited to see that March 9th. Um, and on this show, we like to share audition stories that have gone awry or things that we have almost gotten um, that we didn't that would have been incredible. Do you have any audition stories you would like to share with the audience? I do. I do. Um, and it, in fact, uh, it, it, it worked out again. I... I'm the eternal optimist, so I'm always about uh, how the inadvertent result worked out well for me. So I mentioned earlier that drama is more of my forte mm -hmm. uh, and comedy uh, was not. So when I first started doing acting school, my 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 mentor and acting coach said, you're only as strong as your weakest link, so let's work on your comedy. At the time, I, was, I screen tested for uh, The Good Son which ultimately ended up starring Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. So it was a mix and match session. And from oh, what I understood, uh, you know, Elijah was there and they had mixed and matched the other kids. So Macaulay was not at this screen test. And so uh, I knew that it was like down to, there was maybe five or seven of us there. And I think it was down to like between three and we had quote unquote pins in us. Mm. for scheduling oh god those pins man they give me such anxiety <laughs> yeah they're they're I, I used to call them pins and needles <laughs> no kidding uh, yeah i think i still would call it that if i had if i get a pin put in me <laughs> um and so and then i i i remember reading or finding out that macaulay culkin got the role with elijah wood and i'm like wait a second he wasn't even there <laughs> how did that happen you're like i and, was there i know <laughs> Yeah, my agent explained the process of, you know, well, sometimes they make an offer or they're negotiating, but they have to have their backup plan. I'm like, that was just for the backup? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm like, yep. you know, just struggling to to be the backup. So the, the point is that soon after that, I did audition and book Rookie of the Year. There you go. If, if I had booked The Good Son, I wouldn't have booked Rookie of the Year. And therefore, my life would be completely different. Who knows? Completely different. You know, I wouldn't have then started a career in, you know, comedies. I, I probably wouldn't have done Kid and King Arthur's Court, where they put me in a baseball uniform again. And then American Pie, you know, yeah. all, all, like a completely different pathway. Um, and I, yeah, so I, I don't regret anything. I just know that that was the turning point. And I'm hoping that adverse is the turning point back to right. drama. Uh, and so, you know, only time will tell. Um, you know, I, I, I do the things that I do 
and I make the best work that I can and, you know, hope to achieve that. Uh, but I think for, for all intents and purposes, uh, if, if I was to compare myself to, uh, to Mickey Rourke as a boxer, uh, I was a right-handed boxer back when I screen tested for the good son. And then when I got rookie of the year, I pretended to be left-handed for mm. 10 plus years. So I'm switching my stance and proving that I've just been pretending to be a left-hander for quite some time, but I'm really right-handed. I love that. I mean, I don't know a boxing analogy as well, but I, I got that one. <laughs> I don't know boxing either, but it, <laughs> it, I just, it, it gives me the opportunity to talk about, uh, you know, Mickey Rourke. <laughs> yeah. Who's in adverse. How freaking cool. Yeah. He, he was incredible to work with such an intense performer. And, uh, and I learned a lot about, you know, making sure he's so in character that, I have watched him when when he's walking with his cane. Mm. My my wife saw a scene and asked about it, and I even saw someone in a review talk about him hobbling around and how it must have been <laughs> tough to film with him. The guy was like working out in between camera setups. He brought workout gear with him. He's oh got God. a six pack. Yeah. <laughs> but even still, we would do scenes, and the way that he would like fall into the to the car, like he was unable to walk well mm. it, it it would even fool me in the moment i'd be like oh is he okay like is he... <laughs> do we need to cut yeah like he seems like he's like is he gonna be able to make it through and then like i had to remind myself you know watching him like do sit-ups <laughs> in between camera setups Jesus. like like oh he's fine he's just he's just acting. great he's, he's just, just fantastic acting. at his job right so believable he's fooling you know reviewers that's pretty impressive <laughs> Gotta say, yeah. How was uh How was working with Sean Astin? Did you, have you guys worked together before? Or did you grow up in like the same group? Um, we have a mutual friend. Uh, one of my roommates was uh worked on Goonies with Sean back in the day. Mm. Um, and I know that he produced. They produced uh Remember the Sultana together, which is a documentary about the greatest U.S. maritime disaster. Oh wow! Uh, and so I did a couple of voices uh on that. So that was really one of the first times that I met Sean after hearing about him for years. Mm. Uh, and then we did some Comic-Con events together. Um, and so, yeah, so that's sort of my history with him. But this is my first time getting to work with him. And I thought he did a fantastic job playing against type, being a, a sleazy rideshare boss <laughs> versus, you know, the, the, the normal sort of fare that we see Sean uh, do so well. Yes, Samwise. <laughs> yes, Samwise and and Bob and Stranger yeah. Things and uh, you know and Rudy and you know Toy Soldiers and you know like all this uh, this great stuff. He doesn't often play sleazy, so it was it was fun to see him delve into that. Hmm. Well, I'm super excited to watch it. I can't wait to see it. March 9th, everybody, make sure you tune in and and watch that. Uh, do you have social media? Where can people follow you to follow your journey? Um. My social media acronym is Tin Band, T-I-N Band, uh, namely because my name, what I back before I had dropped the Ian to become more of an adult. Um, so it is just Thomas Nicholas now. I, I can't really have three first names and like be taken seriously, <laughs> can I? I don't know. I don't know. Can you? Wait, wait. I just got it. I just got a message from my distribution agent. Really? We got some week two holds 
in hey! several locations. Congratulations. Yeah, that's amazing. I did not expect that because they had only we'd only done the way that a limited theatrical works is, you know, you just get the one week. And then obviously, if you don't make any money for the <laughs> yeah. theater, you can't really do a second week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and obviously, when I say make any money, they they they've you know, they've got things that are coming in. They're only going to hold you if they, you know, feel like you're doing above average. Right. Right. So if you're average or below average, you're out. So to get a hold on uh, a following week, that's a big win. I feel pretty good right now. And it happened on the show, which is even cooler. I yeah, love I'm, this. <laughs> I'm glad that I got like a little, we're doing this on, you know, through the the laptop. So I got like a notification and I saw like the distro agent's name. And I was like, uh-oh, what's what he saying? This? <laughs> Your heart rate like stops for a second when you see those emails too. It's just like, oh God, what it, what what's happening? What's going on? He, he luckily put it in the subject line. So I saw oh, week God. number two holds and I was oh, like, oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I got, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt myself and tell you. <laughs> I love it. I'm glad that I got to experience this with you. Yeah, it's uh well, thank you. I'm uh that's awesome. That's awesome. And then and then there's a couple theaters that um weren't able to have us in this week that are opening this Friday, which is namely I think Tucson and uh the New York area in Secaucus, New Jersey. Awesome. Well, everybody so. should go check that out. I could talk to you for hours on end because I feel like we didn't even get to half the stuff I want to talk about but um that's because I was too busy talking about all my failures well no but that's like the point of the show so it's great and I love it and (laughs) it was um it was so nice to talk to you and I cannot wait to see adverse and I'm so excited to see what you do next do you have anything on the books anything you want to produce next uh I think Brian and Kelly and myself are talking about getting into the tv world um Mm. You know, especially considering the the lockdown, we were lucky enough to to uh, film adverse before um, COVID and all that. So uh, now that we, I think our idea is like, hey, let's let's abide by this like sort of streaming content. We'll move to TV for a minute before we go back to features. It's a good plan. It's a very good plan. It's scary well, to film right now. <laughs> you know, it's not that bad. Like I said, when when my son was doing old with M Night, we were there. Three COVID tests a week, you know, right. in the safety bubble. Well, I mean, if you have the money and it's like a huge production, then yes. But I have seen people doing like independent films. And I'm just like, um, guys, can you afford PPE? What are you doing? Oh, I mean, well, actually, what I what I noticed with that is they, you know, they had the regulation with the A, B, and C groups. Yeah. Uh, Brian, Kelly, and I, we're we're going to just do a smaller crew, but just do everyone in the A group to make everyone feel safe. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like smart and it keeps everybody's morale up and yeah, like everybody well, feels good about being there. Totally. I think I think everyone that's there should be testing three times a week. And then mm-hmm. also, you know, then you're not like worried or like, <laughs> like I don't know, having invisible barriers. You can't be within 20 feet of me. You're not part of my group. Like, I, I feel like it's like a class system. It is. It is like a class system. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the show. Um, I'm excited to see what you do next. And please come back when you have something else to promote. Yeah, we'll do. And, you know, we can uh, we can definitely talk again. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again to Thomas for coming on the show. Don't forget to check out his new movie, Adverse, in theaters now. If theaters aren't open where you are, check it out on VOD March 9th. Tune in next week for another episode. Somebody will be on. I will be talking again. Hopefully I will have found a new book series by that point. 
Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. Leave uh, some stars, some reviews, some love. Love to hear from y'all. Make sure to tell your friends, your family, your cockatoo about the show. And as always, thanks for coming in. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.